Welcome to the Janesville Jamble. I'm Steve. And I'm Nick. And this episode of the Janesville Jamble is brought to you by... Co-op Records. Where was that? And tape. It was right across the street from now the post office on Milton Avenue. Okay. Now I remember. I think there's actually a YouTube video. There is a YouTube video. Still? Jim, Yeah, Jim Blake, I think, was a part of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great place. And you'll get to know why we, we made the... Sponsorship, co-op record and tape. Yeah, a little foreshadowing for our listeners out there. Yeah, so uh, we are in the process of going through um, the majority of our council candidates here in the city of Janesville, and today we have our interview with uh, current council member Doug Markline. So yeah, moving on to number two here. Uh, good interview. A lot of insightful things. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I think we should just get right to it. I, I think we should. I need to go grab my my cassette deck and and pop in uh let's see sting and his first solo album I, that's well, where i got i got that from listeners cool. jamblers out there just make sure to remember to be kind rewind when oh, you're done. absolutely so all right with that let's uh let's hear from uh, council candidate for janesville city council doug markline and uh, nick we are Back for more. Yeah, round two of the Janesville Jamble sessions. Janesville Jambles, Janesville City Council sessions. And tonight we are talking with current city council member and Janesville resident, Doug Markline. Doug, welcome to the Janesville Jamble. It's a pleasure to be here, Steve, and your team. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. I mean, uh, we, we enjoy doing this. We like, we enjoy talking about Janesville, and you know, Nick and I were talking. It's like, ah, let's let's have our uh, city council candidates on, and we'll ask some of the questions that everybody asks. But we'll also answer or ask some ones that uh, we guarantee nobody else will will ask. So, thanks All again. Right. Thanks for coming on. So, hey, uh, before we get going here, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, who you are, uh, where you come from, and um, a little bit about yourself. Well, I would like to say I'm a long-time Janesville resident, but if you do go back and look in the history, I was actually born in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. Oh, really? And then lived in Spring Green and uh, Fort Atkinson, and we moved to Janesville when I was two. So I've been here for many years, but technically not all my life. Um, did all the school things here, met my wife here. She's uh, from the Fourth Ward. And uh, we have a good life. We have two daughters, and they're both successful. One's a teacher, and the other one um, is a social worker working with people in Madison that have made bad decisions in their life, and she's trying to help them out. So we've had a good life. Uh, we've put the Mark Line Builders my entire life. It's the only job I've ever had, and I love it to death. So That's awesome. No, so <clears throat> I do have a quick question on, on Mark Line Builders. So... Um, okay. Some so some people may not know that. So my dad actually um, started R and R Concrete with uh, a guy he knew, uh, Roger. So it was Ross and Roger Concrete, R and R Concrete. Yep. That was back in the uh, mid uh, mid seventies. My dad ended up selling the the his portion of the business in the early eighties. But you had R and R Concrete, and then yep. you had M M&M and M Concrete. And as a kid, I always wondered if you're going to be at least pouring uh, walls you had to have uh m&m r&r s&s so do you guys still, yeah. do you guys still have uh, m&m concrete yes we do we do still have really? the, the forms and i got two good guys that work really hard at it 
And uh, M&M stands for Mark Wine and Mark Wine because it was my dad and my uncle. And it could have been Don and Lee, or but they decided to go M&M. So yep. we still have them, yep. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, hey, R and R Ross and Roger and I was there was yeah. C there was C and C Congress. I think there still is C, but it was just very strange as a kid growing up to see those names and uh, yeah. it was uh, oh just thank you for sharing that information. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, just uh, talking a little bit about the council. I know you've been on the council for for several several terms now, and and you're looking uh, for another um, appointment or election. Um, yeah, you know, just just curious. I mean, you've had kind of a wild ride here, especially in the in the last year on the council and the city in general. But you know, if you're uh, reelected, what do the next two years look like in your mind? What do you look for um, the city to accomplish, and uh, uh, what what may be some of those challenges? Well, the challenge is going to be coming out of this pandemic, COVID and trying to get citizens and businesses and the city back to clicking the way we were just about a year ago until it came to an end on St. Pat's Day. Um, so that'll be our really our biggest challenge for the city and our city residents will be how, how do we cope in a post-COVID world when we can get out and see each other? When will it be safe to get out and see each other? And uh, what will be left to see? when we do get out to look around and, and uh, realize what we've lost and, and opportunities that present themselves. So I think that'll be a big challenge for for the council and for the city and for the residents going forward, looking for one year. We also, our big challenge will be the problem was the how to pay for our street repairs. And so this transportation utility is uh, coming forward and, um, it's an outside-the-box creative thinking. Um, it's a way to not leave debt for our future kids. Uh, one of the things that was said when I first got on the council um, was, we're not going to kick the can down the road anymore. And I agreed with that 100%. That was in my first year. And Dwayne Severson said, I'm just sick and tired of kicking the can down. I think either make a decision, yes or no, and let's move on. Um, so... Um, the transportation utility is, is another way to not leave debt for our future generations, um, pay for what we use today, and, and try to make it work. Will it pass? I have no idea. Uh, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions, and hopefully we'll get some answers Monday. I don't think we'll make a decision on Monday. I think there'll still be some more follow-up questions because we want to do it. If, if we do it, we want to do it right. So just on and the- I think. <clears throat> Go ahead. Uh, just on that, <clears throat> on that topic, I know there's been some conversation uh, in the media, on social media as well, about the utility. And um, I'm not asking what you, how you'd vote because that's that's not fair. But I'm just curious. Uh, do you think that um, you will be taking a vote with the current council, or do you think this is going to uh, pass on to the the new council? Good question, Steve. Um, if I know that, I would be smart. Um, <laughs> In the past, and just using past councils, we we have a history of making hard decisions at the end of a council's term as to not burden the new council with that, although they do get the burden of the the after effects and and the the community chatter. But when we did the Monterey Dam, that was voted on right before the election. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I think that was and the downtown. A lot of the downtown stuff was was decided just before, and it's a way for the people that are on the council that are leaving to to feel that they're they've made a contribution one way or the other, and it it'll keep us from having to bring the new council members up to speed, which would take some time, which is not a problem. Um, and I've been aware that the majority of them, to their credit, are studying this issue really close also. So if it does go into the next council, that's not uh, a bad thing. Um, they're pretty much up to speed. I don't think it would take a long time to maybe one or two study sessions with them to uh, listen and, and kind of bring themselves up to speed in that regard. So I'm, I'm sure it's a question that every forum that we do and every discussion that the council uh, candidates come up with will be, how do you approach this? And, and I think that'll be the key on that there will be a successful council member or not, is how do, how do you approach uh, a decision like this that's a potential game changer and possibly will divide the city, at least in the short term, and, and possibly have longer ramifications if it if it's passed and if it isn't, we still have to deal with the problem of funding roads. So, right. Hey, Doug, it's uh, Nick here. Thanks again for for being here tonight. I really appreciate that. Oh, um, I always enjoy this. Yeah. Know. So, quick question for you. Obviously, you've, you're running again for for council, so you're well seasoned and you've been there, and clearly you've discussed some of the challenges. And obviously, I'm sure you see a lot of that pushback that you get from well, anywhere. You're going to get that pushback. Any city, the residents might get upset yeah. about something. You get that pushback. And I know that we've talked with uh, another candidate the other night. Um, and, you know, how how would you deal with some of that pushback that, you know, for example, some of the residents might get upset so as to not maybe alienate other residents yeah. or someone's well, decision making? Well, first you treat them with respect because their concerns are real. Sure. And and then second one is you, you're honest and you level with them, and and you lay it out. This is the thought process that I went through uh, to come to this decision, and uh, this is why I think, as as a council member speaking for the community, why I think this is the best avenue for the city to face, and 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 listen to their concerns and answer them honestly and truthfully. And, and try not to sugarcoat it too much because um, that's the kind of stuff that will come back and, and, and bite you, um, if you if you're not straight with them. So I've always tried to be straight. I've always tried to explain my vote and try to explain it in layman's terms so that you can understand what went into making this decision and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, definitely I think that's the common theme I'm hearing is just that listening. You know, and it's something we certainly yeah. don't do enough of. Oh, these days we're so quick to want to get our words out when we don't take enough time to really do really effective listening yeah. for that matter. Well, it's a tough one. It's a yes, no question. You can't, for sure. when you, when you're at, when you got a button to vote, there's not a, I kind of, or a maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, it's yes, no. And so it's, it's cold. Um, you gotta, you gotta sit on one side of the fence or the other. You can't straddle it. Um, and so you, it's, it's a, it's just something that I've, I've learned on the council to trust my, my, uh, instincts on it. I, I listen to a lot of people and, and everybody gets equal, equal weight. And, and then when it comes down to it, it's, 
pretty much it's a pretty lonely thing. You 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 don't know how everybody else is going to vote. You just do what you think is correct for the city at the time. So, and you ask a lot of questions and you do a lot of research before that. So you're not going into this thing blind or throwing darts at the wall. It's if you don't feel comfortable, you know, to say I don't think we should do the vote today. I, I think we need to give this some more thought if that's the case. And we we did that a few times. So. Yeah. Well, and in full disclosure, I am actually on the Janesville uh, Plan Commission with you, and I, I will say yeah. I, I do, as somebody who's on the commission, I, I appreciate the questions that you uh, ask, and, and you ask them in a, in a way that is uh, respectable for, you know, for everybody. So, yeah, that's just my, my two cents again. Uh, in full disclosure, yeah. I am on the commission with you. It, ma- it makes no sense to make good guys or bad guys when they come in front of the council. Everybody that comes in front of the council is equal. All their comments are valid. Um, before I got on the council, I was the designated Markline Builders employee because my dad and my uncle didn't want a thing to do with the city. I was the one who had to go to the council meeting and argue our position, and usually I lost. <laughs> but I was always treated with respect. I didn't always agree with the decision that was made. In fact, most of the time I didn't. Um, but they always treated me fair, but I'll never forget how it feels to be on the other side of that podium and, and not being a public speaker and, and having your heart just raced on a mile an hour, hundred miles an hour, trying to get your words out in some sort of coherent, uh, fashion and, um, and do it all in four minutes. I, I'll never forget how that is. And so when someone comes forward, they, they've got my full attention and, and what they say if you ever watch my hands, I'm always writing down what people say, and and uh, I, I, I use that uh, their comments sometimes in their favor, and sometimes I use it against them when I'm trying to to uh, make a decision and explain my vote. So, sure. and I think one of the things that you hit right the nail right on the head, yeah, and that's kind of hilarious considering with the building Your builder, background. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. yeah. But what you said back there though, is that you, you try to explain it and, you know, you communicate that in layman's terms, you know, and yeah. cause we're not all on the same page and um, you know, that's definitely something that's I think taken for granted. It, you know, you get a lot of legal jargon all the time and, you know, yeah. not everybody's on that same wavelength. So if you can dumb it down, so the process that somebody might understand, maybe everybody agrees you know, it's just yeah. a matter of, like you said, communicating so we can understand the issues that task. Yeah. Yeah. Well, many times I, uh, on both sides of it, when I'm on the council and when I'm not, and somebody doesn't say a word, the whole thing, and then when they vote, they vote yes or they vote no, and you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. Just, Especially in the no. <laughs> vote and not, not explain why or where you came from. That. And, and I see it happen all the time. They don't say anything. And uh, there was one council person before I got on that was leaving when, when, when I put my hat in the ring, that person had, was leaving. And uh, they, they were, to them, that was a point of pride that they never explained their vote. They said their vote tells you what you needed to know. And I was like, no, it doesn't tell you anything. It yeah. just says that they... They threw a dart at the wall, and this is what came out, you know. So yeah, it's definitely a bold statement, you know. But I think, like you said, it's just a matter. Of, I think I can create that hostility, though, like you know, because yeah. I think yeah. most people want that. That's just normal that you explain your 
decision after you yeah. do something. And like you said, it's not necessarily the case. It's almost like you explain that ahead of time and then you just yeah. vote. You know, it's almost backwards. So um, I can certainly see that. Yeah. All right, uh, Doug, we've uh, hit you with the hard well, no, we've hit you with the easy questions. Now, now we're gonna right. switch gears a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna put the the heat on you a little bit here, um, All right. and we, we want to get to know you. Uh, and All right. here, here's where we're gonna start. So I I know that you collect um, albums, records. So I'm, I'm, yeah. rather than a playlist, well, first of all, do you do you listen to digital music or are you a, a purist and listen to albums or a combination of both? No, I listen to some stuff digitally, but if I like it, it's coming into the collection in some physical state. Excellent. If, if I don't know if I like it, I might sample it with a download, but if it if it sticks in my head, if I catch myself singing or humming along with it a day or two later, that's a pretty good sign it's going to end up in my collection. So so what so what's in your vehicle right now? What, when you're driving around today, if you were driving around today, what were you listening to? What's going on right now? What are you what's your favorite right now? What genre is your Well, genre rock and roll. <laughs> Classic. Yep. Keyword is and. It's got to have a beat. <laughs> you got to make it swing. Okay. Um so it, it could be anything. Um, it could be Nick Lowe and, and Robin Hitchcock and Julian Cope. And then it could go to to things like the Flesh Tones and uh, 13th Floor Elevators and the Rain Parade. And it could be the classics with the Beach Boys and the Beatles and the Buffalo Springfield and Bob Dylan. You know, if it starts with a B back in the 60s, it was probably pretty good. You know, the sure. Bull Rumbles were at a B, you know, so... Brian Wilson had a B in his name, and he was in the Beach Boys. So, uh, so that's kind of my music. It's, it's, I'm all over the place, and I'm a completist. If I like somebody, I pretty much have everything they ever ordered, so yeah. or ever ever put out. So yeah, I seem to do I seem to do my genres and seasons. So like right now, I'm kind of getting into my spring mix. I'm finding myself. I don't know why, but I tend to obviously St. Patrick's Day is getting close i might listen to you too a little bit more the pogues yeah you know, i don't know if it's, a, it's just a getting in that theme but um yeah i can understand being all over the place with that that makes sense yeah all right so it's time for you to have dinner sit down uh, at the dinner table and besides family members uh, family is always important but besides family members who who would be at your dinner table all right well if i was actually going to eat <laughs> yes and <I> dinner <laughs> My wife doesn't like them, but she would tolerate sitting down with Andrew Bourdain. Because oh, that guy knows the best places to eat, how to eat it, how it's prepared. And so it would be a meal that couldn't be duplicated. So wow. that would be probably my dinner date. <laughs> but if it was other than that, um, it would have probably been Frank Lloyd Wright. Um my parents grew up in uh, Spring Green area. My mom was from Plain, and my father was from Clyde. And uh, my mother actually was a waitress in Spring Green and served him and uh, apprentices and the celebrities that would come through. And uh, one of my dad's brothers actually dug his grave. Really? Uh, for a pint of whiskey, I've been told. Oh, man. And I have no reason to believe it's not true. That's um, unreal. It would be very interesting to to visit with him. Um, 
just because my interest in housing and, and I, I'm a fan of his style. Um, he had such an influential vision on, on how spaces work and the psychology of spaces um, that nobody before that had done. And he had, he had just made them human and, and related to nature in a way that other architects up to that point were imposing themselves on nature and, and he embraced it. And so I think he would be a fascinating person to have an hour of his time if he would be so generous to, to do it and be in the right spirit to, to not want to preach, but just, you know, teach. So those would be the two that I would have for dinner. Yeah, and, and his his influence on design in general, I mean, home building, obviously, or, you know, architecture, but just in the, yeah. the little things, you know, in the kitchen, in in the living room, just the little details, you can, and I find out every, it seems like every other day um, that this particular genre, this particular style was influenced by Frank Lloyd Wright, or uh, he, yeah. had a, he had a, a say or a, a bit of an input on this other type of design, and it, it just yeah. continues to come. It's amazing how he is truly timeless. Yeah, I was actually just reading your entire life and still learn stuff. So it's yeah. really enjoyable. My wife and I really enjoy taking tours where we, uh, once we took a bus to Mason City, Iowa, and a couple of times we've, we've gone on a day thing where they set up five or six different houses that you can see in a certain area of Wisconsin. And uh, you tour these homes and always come back inspired and, and a few little tricks that maybe I could use on somebody's house. And so. Yeah, it was interesting. I was actually, it's that you say that because I was just reading up about Taliesin, um, that the yeah. incident that happened over there is very tragic, but um, definitely what a fascinating life that he had for sure. Oh, it would make a great movie, but it would probably have to be a Netflix miniseries for about seven episodes or more to fit it all in. <laughs> There we go. It's time to, yeah, let's work on that. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, next, uh, the pressing question. Do you have a, a favorite saying or quote, something that drives you, that you get up in the morning and, and keeps you moving? Um, I don't have anything written on my wall. Um, I have two that came to mind when I read that question. One, my dad had a thing that he taped to the wall. And it just said, this is God. Today I'll take care of you. <laughs> and uh, went on and on about just do your best. But mm -hmm. I think the, the biggest one was, was something that my dad never really said out loud. But he always, by example, treated people squarely and honestly. And from day one, they started at GM and they built houses for themselves and then a few of their co-workers. And these were just blue-collar guys on the line that needed a house, um, and they couldn't afford much, so they just hired Lee and Don to build it for them. And we've never advertised. Um, our work comes to us by our reputation, and uh, we've seen builders and, and businesses in town that, you know, squandered their reputation for whatever reason by not treating people squarely and honestly and, and paid the price, and we're still here 60-some years later, um, following their example that they had set. So I just, it just 
for me, it's everything that I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a lousy poker player because I can't lie or, or not be, you know, hold my, hold, hold my emotions behind me on that. So mm-hmm. I, I think just treat people squarely and honestly and, and do it by example, not by words is a good thing to live by. So yeah, that's awesome. Seems yep. so obvious, but oh, yeah, you're right. a lot of people that don't. I yeah, know. Well, and for sure a good thing to have to take to the council, right? To yeah. Treat, you know, like you mentioned yeah. that earlier with how you want to explain things and, and, and treat the residents and everything like that. So we're going to, speaking yeah. of, with James, we're going to kind of shift back to James here as some of these fun rapid-fire questions here. So what is one business in Janesville, no longer here, that you'd frequent tomorrow if it was still around? Yeah. I mean... We've obviously well, I gave we, a lot of thought to this. I came up with two, <laughs> but the one that the one that's at the top of the list might be obvious. But Co-op Records. Oh yes. Oh, thank <laughs> you. You know, I uh, that should have been obvious to me, but yeah, oh, I love that place. There's still a commercial Gary, on YouTube, I think. Gary and Mary uh, Schmidt were the nicest people, and uh, they always treated me really fair and square. And it was such a tragedy what happened to Gary. I, my heart just hurts every time I think of it and, and she tried to keep it going but it was the same time that I had gone to Madison which had really really good record stores mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I didn't frequent it and I blamed myself for going out of business because mm-hmm. I didn't drop 20 bucks a week there like I did before I went to college <laughs> now, now Steve you're a couple years older than me I am uh, maybe a good yeah. like Baker's dozen sure yourself really but anyway so we're we're for those of us listening out here that aren't familiar yeah. really with co-op my, my records my second one would be Roland Penn Bakery uh, I remember oh. at, at uh, Preston Park mm-hmm. um, vaguely remember it down down by the Springbrook um, down by GM um, but I do remember my dad bringing him home from work he'd stop in there on pay week and come home with a, a dozen for the five of us and and uh we loved them. Uh, butterfly ones were my mother's favorite. So that was actually. Uh, I, I think he's got everything up for auction now at the end of an yeah, era. So. I know what I saw that that was that was sad, and I know uh, we we uh, w- you know we hope that uh, Bob's doing well. I know he's aging, and yeah, that was yeah. sad to see. Yeah, yeah the it? workers that worked there when we would talk to them, we got to know Bob pretty good. We built a house for him, and we did some remodeling at the Arch Street restaurant, but. He had said that none of his kids wanted to be in the business, and he didn't hundred percent blame him. But so when when he went, everything went with him. So yep. he's not passing his recipes down or anything. So you know, I, I wonder how many bakeries. It seems like we've had so many bakeries just in general that have been in Janesville because you know you mentioned Roland Pin Bakery. Uh, my grandfather actually he was a baker uh, in the thirties and forties, and he actually worked for. A company called Benison and Lane Bakery. If I think we all know the Benison and Lane building down at the the former Speakeasy restaurant at yeah, the right. Five Points, um, and he uh-huh. also worked for Cunningham's Bakery, which if any listeners out there remember that place, um, I can't remember exactly when they closed down. I think it might have been in the '60s or '70s, but I remember okay. there was a location. I believe it was on West Milwaukee Street, across the street in that same block. Uh, up by uh, Cozy End, but across the street, I think right now it's okay. Uh, yep, it's there was a, one. My wife <clears throat> remembers that one. Yeah, yeah I think it's uh, a. Yeah, yep. I think right now it's a Hispanic um, 
a grocery store, possibly. Yeah, that's right. And I remember yeah. one of my memories, my dad, he's no longer with us now, but uh, there's the alleyway behind there in between the armory and the, that business front on West Milwaukee. And he remembered going there yeah. and uh, just kind of going in the back door and coming out with some jelly yeah. treat, jelly donuts. And his dad would come home with that baker coat on and just smelled yeah. like the bakery. And it just, uh, yeah, yeah you just with movie houses, you just, you know, you wonder how many of those places were around. And obviously the downtown, yeah. you know, they're trying to get that going. And, when when yeah. we went to high school and junior high on Milwaukee Street, there's a veterinary clinic now, and then the, the stop and go on Milwaukee by the U-Haul. Right. Um, where the where the vet used to be, there used to be a little Dixie Cream donut. It was a, a small chain, and they just made the best little cake donuts, and you'd sell them in groups of three. And then next door was this gas station that was kind of scary if you weren't a motorhead, but I was kind of a motorhead, but they were always greasy and nice. always had hot cars, and they were working on there, and it was a, a fun little funky place to go, but they had a pop machine with the cheapest Frosty's root beer in town. So after school, it was very rare that we didn't pop in and get a Dixie cream and a couple cans of pop and drink them on our way up the street. So <laughs> those are some other ones that are gone. So Yeah, you know, we, we always look forward, but it's sometimes you need to look back just to remember where, you know, where we came from and gosh darn it's it's fun to remember some of these places. Never yeah. take them for granted. Well, speaking of no. speaking of frost hop and, and root beer and, and that sort of thing, yeah. if you remember David's frost hop on Milton Avenue, not too far yeah. from there was the Oasis. Now this leads into yeah, our next right. question there we here. Go. Bessie yeah. the cow. We all know Bessie. And that yeah, was I think, an I think chain. there was a few of them around the country, and I think there's still one open someplace. So. Yeah. I think it's down in Louisiana. I think. Yeah. Don't sell the frost yeah. 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 But the Bessie the Cow was at the old Oasis. Made right burgers. Sure. Yep. And the Bessie the Cow. Here's the Bessie the Cow question for you. I think we all kind of know Bessie uh-huh. now. She's currently out by the Arby's and uh, by Menards yep. right there at the intersection. So what would you prefer? What do you prefer, I should say? Bessie in front of the old Oasis or in front of Arby's yeah. where it's currently now? <laughs> I prefer that the fact that it actually exists and survives to this day. Uh, so I could go with either Arby's or that, but oh, I do a- got a good story about Bessie the Cow that you've never heard. Oh, go for I'm, it. Let's hear it. There was a 50s rockabilly, Wanda Jackson, and she was a, she dated Elvis, and, and she was a, a, quite a rockabilly star in the late 50s, and then she found God and, and country music, and so she did religious and country music throughout the 60s, but in the 90s or the early 2000s, um, she was still doing it, and she was in her late 70s and 80s, and she was touring with her longtime husband, Wendell, who goes by the claim that he stole his woman from Elvis, um, <laughs> and they were married for 60-some years. But they come through and played a club in Madison, and uh, we hung around and visited with them after the show. And told them we were from Janesville, and, and Wendell says, "Hey, Wanda, these are these two. My wife and I. These two are from Janesville, where we saw that big cow." <laughs> and she said, "Oh God, she did. That was the biggest cow we ever saw." And then Wendell chuckled. He said, um, "Wanda had asked, do you think they're that big in Wisconsin? We know they're really big on milk and cheese. Maybe the cows are that big here.'" <laughs> and he just said, "You know, I just don't know." 
But then they got on the highway and they were driving up to Madison and they saw a sign for the Wisconsin Dells and it said, Ride the Ducks. <laughs> and Wanda said, Do you think? <laughs> big ducks, big cows. That's Ride great. the ducks. Oh. So, so, so what you're I, saying is, I always got a kick out of that. So, Bessie is, you know, the the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Bessie is what two degrees from Elvis Presley. That's the Bessie Elvis Presley connection. There it is. You we know. were waiting for that. And yeah. We found it because of you, this. You heard it on the jamble. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. All right. So we have one more quick question, Doug. We're not asking anyone's age, but no. but there's always an era, and sometimes in fashion. Eras come back, you know? So, I mean, just because there was a, a, a time when, say, like, pants were in style back in the, the 20, 1920s doesn't mean that they, they probably have come back several times. So, so yeah. we're just going to ask, uh, not asking uh, ages, but what is your era by, uh, by pants? And what I mean by that is, it, was it, are you a bell-bottoms person, acid wash, Tight roll. Did you wear Zubas, or uh, were you more of a parachute pant guy? Yeah, well, it had to be Levi's, and in my era, it was bell bottoms. And then when they wore out and got holes in the knees and the bottoms got frayed, and your mother threatened to throw them off, she turned them into cutoffs. So. <laughs> hey, you had uh, then you had shorts for the summer while you're helping I had your dad. For the summer, okay. yeah. That's that's great. So, well, is there? Uh, so that- is is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, what ways that people can contact you uh, throughout the campaign? Well, I always got my uh, city phone number, and then actually on all the city council meetings, they they put the phone numbers. I actually put my cell phone number on there too, um, so they can do that. On the city website, you can send yes email. We read them all and reply to most of them, and uh, always looking forward to talking to the citizens of Janesville and. Uh, listen to what their concerns are that's it's the one thing that you don't know about the city council until you're on it and that is the stuff that nobody knows about and that is the guy that calls you up that has a problem that uh, it could be anything it could be the, the guy next to him um has creeping charlie in his yard and it's creeping into his yard and he doesn't like creeping charlie he prides himself on a weed free yard and is there anything that city can do uh, to get this guy to weed control his yard? And so you go visit him and you look at it and, and you spend the time with them. And then you, you talk to the staff and, and uh, they laugh and they say, does this guy live on Yuba? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, yeah, well, he does this to every new council member. This was back eight years ago. And uh, we've talked to him and, and the person next door has no desire and, blah, 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 but we take, I would say, the average of three or four phone calls a week um, with somebody with a question or a concern, and we do the follow-up and and try to make sure what it is and explain it to them, uh, why it is the way it is, or, or, no, thank you for telling us. We weren't aware of that, and we'll get somebody to take care of it. could be a sign that blew over in a storm. It could be... uh, they didn't like the transportation utility, and they just wanted uh, the vent to us. And so it, it, that's what you don't see is, the, and I'm not tooting my horn because all the council members do it, but it's the, it's the one thing that you don't see. And um, 
we just that's a service that we provide to the citizens. You know, if you got a problem, don't sit there and fester. Don't get mad about it and, and feel you, nothing is going to happen. Get a hold of us, and we'll see if we can make something happen. So, oh, great. I think I think a lot of pride out of that is helping these these people out because most of them are apologizing for for calling. And some of them just need a longer explanation of something they read in the Gazette. They didn't understand it. And uh, they started out being kind of upset about it. And then when you explain to them, they're like, well, why didn't it say that in the paper? Darn it. You know, I'm sorry I wasted your time. And I said, you never wasted my time. So. Well, that's that's great insight. And uh, again, we, we appreciate you taking the time out of your, your day to... Uh, uh, sit with us for a few minutes and, and share your story. And uh, we wish you the best of luck here over the uh, the next few weeks during the campaign and, and certainly best of luck in April during the election. So, uh, well, Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Well, thanks, Doug, and take care. Thanks, Doug. Keep it jambling. Oh, Keep hey. it jambling. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Nick. That was good, our interview. A good interview. It was a good Another interview. Another good interview. Two for two. I'd say. I'd say we have some great candidates to look forward to. It's going to uh, be tough. It's going to be tough for the voters out there. I know. April is coming good soon. choices. A lot yeah. of choices. Yeah. So. And more to come. More to come. And uh, we'll have some more. Well, actually, at least three or four more here over the next uh, few weeks as we uh, introduce you to the rest of the candidates for Janesville City Council right here on the Janesville Jamble. Sounds good to me. I gotta go find some tapes. I know to listen to that whole co-op records thing's got me wanting to pull up the old Walkman and tapes. They also, I also bought my last forty-five there. It was uh, in excess with Jimmy Barnes. It was um, good times. Gonna have a good time tonight. See, I, I'm more of a Music Land Sam Goody kind of guy. I, I don't remember co-op records. Oh man. You missed out. It, it was probably there. It was a head shop, too, but we, that's it for, that's for another jamble. Yeah, for another jamble. All right, I guess with that, uh, say we uh, jamble on it. Jamble on Steve. Jamble on Jamesville.